to, as we do every Sunday, uh, have a a little look for a shorter time today at a part of the Bible uh, and see what we can learn as we continue on this theme of of prayer and and waiting uh, for God and what that might mean. We're going to look into Matthew's Gospel and it's chapter 9. Matthew's uh, one of the followers of Jesus, the first followers of Jesus, and he wrote a a kind of biography uh, about Jesus' life and something of his teaching and uh, it's in the New Testament. It's on page uh, 974 if you want to use one of the Bibles nearby uh, or it may be coming up on the screen in a moment. We're looking at verse 35 uh, and we're going to uh, read on from there. So that's verse 35 as a, uh, under the heading in this version, the pew version, the chair version rather, the workers of few, verse 35. So Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Then in chapter 10, he called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And then there's a list of them there, verse 2. There's the names of the 12. And then in verse uh, 5, Jesus says these, it says, These 12 Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles. Sorry. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach the message, this message, the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. So as, uh, I hope we've got the idea of what we're thinking about today. I've called this really praying with your eyes open. Uh, and this, this is an interesting point in the gospel uh, or Matthew's account um, where Jesus begins to share what he himself is doing with his disciples. If we'd had time to, uh, to read chapter 9, uh, it's absolutely jam-packed with, with, with things that Jesus is doing. You know, he's teaching, he's being challenged, he's, he's healing people. Uh, it, it really is extremely kind of frenetic. And it's all really Jesus doing this, doing that, doing that, doing that. And, and it, it really is quite exhausting if you, if you want to read it. But after that point, it, it changes. He starts to uh, kind of share it with his disciples. He's going to send them out to get involved in it uh, with him. And at the heart of this big change that happens at this point, indeed at the, at the center of this passage, is prayer. The disciples are being drawn in, not just to do the stuff that Jesus does, but drawn in to pray. And that's what I want us to be thinking about just for a few minutes today. Because I want us to see where this prayer comes from. The disciples are going to get drawn into Jesus' ministry and they're going to get drawn in by praying. But but why and and how and and where does it come from? Is is it that the disciples have said, well, really, um, it's the first Wednesday of the month. It's really time that we had a prayer gathering or haven't been to a good prayer meeting lately. We ought to have a prayer meeting. Or are they, so it's not, they're not from habit. It's not even from impulse. It's not like they're kind of saying, 
you know, Jesus has been really busy in Matthew chapter 9. We, I'm really worried about him. I think we ought to be praying for him because he's, he's taking on loads and loads of stuff. It's not that either. Where actually does it come from? Where does this prayer start? Well, it comes from Jesus, doesn't it? He starts it off for them. He gets them praying. And I want us to, to see how, how that works here. Jesus, we, we see in verse 35, it's a kind of summary of all that's been going on through the, through the passage, through chapter 9 at that time in his ministry. He, he's really immersed. He's, uh, he's submerged in lots and lots of things. He's doing an amazing amount, isn't it? It's just summed up in verse 35. Teaching, uh, he's going through all the towns and villages in the area. He's teaching in their synagogue. He's proclaiming good news of the kingdom. He's healing every disease and sickness. Big opportunities, proclaiming the good news, teaching in the synagogues, healing all the sick. And then in the middle of this, something seems to break into his routine. And he shares it with the disciples. He's really, really busy But something happens and it's going to slightly change. Before we get on to it, you know, as a church, we're pretty busy. Uh, Portswood Church does a lot of stuff. If you go through this notice sheet, uh, it's part of our church culture. We're pretty active with kids' work and community stuff and breakfast clubs and other things. Others of us get involved in all kinds of stuff. We're really pretty active and, and that's okay. It's good to be active and it's good to be involved. In fact, actually, sometimes it's, it's as we're active that, that, that it's out of that kind of willingness to get involved in stuff that, that God speaks to us. I once saw a sketch. Imagine the sketch. Two people, they're in a room. Uh, well, one of them in the room sitting by a phone. There's a phone in the middle and uh, they, they've got a friend and the, and the friend comes in and says... Uh, hey, you know, I, I need to go and help someone do such and such a thing. You know, there, there's someone, my next door neighbor needs some help. Could, could you help me in that? And, and they say, uh, no, sorry, I can't because I'm waiting for the call. For the call? What call? Well, I think God's going to call me something. I think it's going to come through on this phone, okay? Let's just get with this story, okay? And then, and then so the person goes off, comes back again and says, look, look, you know, I'm, I'm involved in this youth club tonight and, and there's no one else to volunteer. And if, 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 if you know, I'm, I, can you just come and help me do that? And the person said, I'm really sorry. I'm, you know, I need to stay here and wait by the phone because I'm waiting for the call. And then they come back a little bit later and they say, I, I, I've done the youth club and, you know, I, you know it's, a, it's a new day and, and there's something else I need to do. And, you know, can you come and help me with this? You know, there's somebody in great need. They want someone to pray with them. You know, I'm sure you'd be great at praying with that person. And the person says, no, no, I'm sorry. I can't. I've got to, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the call. And then you know what happens. The phone rings. They're interrupted by the phone. Picks up the phone. And then he says, it's for you, to the other person. So it, it, see, the point is, you know, we can, we can kind of think, well, we've got to wait for God to tell us to do something and we just kind of sit around and actually it's as we're involved that we often hear. So I'm not knocking activity. Jesus did a great deal of it and we do a lot of it too. 
Notice that the, the balance of what Jesus is doing, he's, he's teaching, he's telling people the good news, and he's also doing good stuff to bless them. There's healing and there's, there's, there's uh, all kinds of things, all the sick and being healed and, uh, and lots of other good things. There's a great balance in what he's doing. But there's more to Jesus than activity. What else is there? Well, verse 36 tells us what else there is. See what it says there? He saw the crowds. He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He sees people the way God sees them. Because as sheep without a shepherd, if you check up the Old Testament in Ezekiel 34 and 1 Kings 22, God says that's how he sees his people in need. He says they're like sheep without a shepherd. That, seeing them that way is the way God sees them. And Jesus, as he's there in his ministry, as, as the son of God at work on the earth, he, of course, sees things as God sees them. And on this occasion, he tells his disciples. That's how Matthew knew about it. He must have told them. He wasn't a mind reader. He didn't know what Jesus thought. Jesus would have said, I see people this way. And, and the way Jesus sees people, informed by God's word, triggers something new. And the prayer comes out of that. He shares what he sees with the disciples and he tells them to pray. Now here's the thing. Do we see things really like Jesus sees things? Do we ever really look? Do we listen to what's going on and then pray as a result of what we've seen? Do we see our neighborhoods where we live, the neighborhood around the church building, the place where we work or spend all our time at school or at college or whatever, our families, the city of Southampton or the country of Britain or the world for that matter? Do we see it in the way, do we ever look at it in this kind of Jesus way of looking? It says, I'm going to look at things and I'm going to uh, kind of tune the way I look with God's word. I'm going to ask God, God, as I look, just tell me what to pray. Tell me what to do. I'm waiting for you. When we read the Bible and we read stuff about what God is like, do we ask ourselves, do we ask God, what does it tell me? What I've just read in my Bible reading today, what I've just read right now, what does that tell me about God's heart for my friends? Not just me, but for my friends, for my family, for my community, for my world. And out of what that tells me of God's heart, the way God sees it, how is that going to shape the way I pray? So we need to pray, but before we pray, we need to see. We need to start looking, to start listening, to start waiting on God, ready for, rather like, you know, that thing that says, okay then, go, for that thing that you know, the dog gets, as it were, we said earlier on. And that's what this group has gone out into Portswood today to do, to look to, to, to kind of think it through, to ask God, Lord, what is it we should be praying for as, in terms of what they see? And in a minute, they're going to come back and they'll tell us uh, and they'll share what, what they've been praying about and we can join in as well. But you see what's happening? We're looking first. We listen to the Lord and then we pray. So we've got two steps here 
to look or to see and then to pray out of that. Have you ever tried praying like that? It's not just because it's a prayer meeting, not just because you've got a prayer list you ought to pray for, but, but kind of informed by God's word, God's heart, because you've come and said, Lord, I just want to see things and I want you to, to just touch my heart about what I should pray for out of this situation. But what are these disciples supposed to pray for? Well, first of all, Jesus says you need to know who you're praying to. Who does it say? It says you need to pray. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We need more workers. So who are you going to pray? The Lord of the harvest. God, who you pray for, he's like the boss of the harvest. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of people. Jesus has seen that compassion he has for them. There's too many for him to deal with. He says to the disciples, you go, you ask God. And the God you're asking happens to be the one who is the Lord of the harvest. He can provide workers. And he says what you need to be praying for is for God to send more workers. We're to pray for sent people. Pray that God will send people. Again, it's starting with God again. Now here's the thing. What does it mean to be sent? Okay, Lots of us go to places for different reasons, don't we? Um, sometimes we, we go... You know, to another country or we might go just down a town or you know, we go somewhere. If we've been sent, we go for a different re- in a different way rather than if we're just kind of you know, ambling off to fill up time. A couple of people here spent last week in, in, in Europe, in Prague and, and uh, that was for one, one of them was at work, there were a couple and the other one was... Uh, on holiday, now I suspect you, you, they, you know, they, the, the, the one on holiday had a slightly different approach to Prague than the one who'd gone on work. They see it in a different way. So if you're sent to do something, you, you do it in a certain way. You get on with it. You don't kind of think, oh, well, you know, we'll see, see how it goes. Once uh, uh, I, Mary and I, we, were, we went to uh, another country and I was going with Intersurf with, with my work. I worked with Intersurf. I had things to do. I had people to see in that country. Mary was going on a team with, from, from our church. They were doing kids work at a conference and, uh, and I was there for my work and she was there for her work. And they, she finished two or three days earlier. The conference came to an end so she could go home. And the team went home because she went with the team. And I was there in Kathmandu, or not in Kathmandu, in some other place actually, and, and thinking, oh, well, I've got to stay. So I didn't think, oh, well, oh, too bad, I might as well go home. I'll go home with Mary. No, I had to stay and do what I had to do. As it happened, I could go home early because all the roads weren't blown up by terrorists as they thought they would be and other things worked. And so I did go. But after her, I went a day early after I'd finished the work. If you're sent, you go about things in a slightly different way than if you're just kind of, you know, going on holiday or might as well go down to West Quay, see what hangs out. Even if you go down to West Quay to see what hangs out, you go in a different way to if you think, I've got to, you know, I've got to go to whatever it is I go to down there. I don't do much shopping. I was going to say Marks and Spencers, but none of you will you know, relate to that at all. Too many of you will, actually. Uh, you know, and I need a new jacket. I go and get a new jacket. Uh, if some of you, you, you other guys, you go down to hang out down there and you know, enjoy the scene, yeah, that's a completely different way of doing it. What Jesus is saying, we need to pray that people will be sent by God. Being sent means that you have a sense of serving. You, you're getting involved in what Jesus is doing because God sends you 
with purpose. Like we've got a job to do and we're going to do it. Not as some kind of optional extra. And what Jesus is saying is that, that we need to pray for people. We need to be willing to be those people who live lives like we've been sent. Not just that we're ambling around, you know, wondering what we might do next. Because God has sent us into life, if we're believers, for his purpose, for his glory. That's how we're to live for Jesus. Not like tourists, but like people who've been sent. That's what Jesus did in John's Gospel. About 35 times in John's Gospel, Jesus describes himself as being the one sent by God. And one of my favorite bits is in John 4. Do you remember the story? You, you, you might remember Jesus spoke to a woman by a wellside. He was really hot and weary. The disciples went off into the town. They came back and they found Jesus talking excitedly to this woman, telling her about God. And they were amazed. They thought, Jesus, you were exhausted only you know, half an hour ago. What's happened? Have you had something to eat? <laughs> Jesus said, no. He said, my, I have had food, but my food has been to do the will of the Father who sent me and finish his work. And Jesus said in, in living as a sent person, Jesus said there's satisfaction. I get nourished by that. He said there's privilege. It's my father's work. And he said there's purpose. I'm going to finish it. We're living as sent people. We, we know that sense of privilege. We know that sense of satisfaction. And we know that sense of purpose. So we've got looking. We've got praying. We've got being sent. But there's one other thing here. It's in Matthew 10. Those disciples who he told to pray, what happens next? A couple of, about a centimeter later down the page, he called his 12 disciples to him, gave them authority, and he said to them in verse 5, go. (laughs) They went. He sent them to do the things he did. And these disciples end up going, they're involved with Jesus in what he does. What a way to live, to be involved with Jesus in what he does. Could we live our lives like that? Are we willing to go? It's not really about where, actually. You know, some people think this is all about missionaries going over those other parts of the world or the channel or somewhere. No, it's not. It's not about where. It's not about how far. It's not about actually what you do when you go. It's more to do with being willing, yes, sorry, being willing to say yes to Jesus. See, he might call us, he might, you might say, just walk across the room and give that person a cup of coffee. He might say, just, you know, go next door and ask your elderly neighbor who you haven't seen for a few days whether she's okay or not. It might be to simply do something kind for somebody. Often we start with small steps like that. But if we're willing in our hearts to be sent into life, to go, then actually the issue is not how far, not what we do, not where it is, it's in our hearts. There's a great prayer in in a song that says, give me a heart that says yes. We want those kind of hearts, don't we? So we've got four things. We've been thinking mainly about looking, Are we going to see things differently? Is our praying going to be informed by that? Then we've got praying. Are we going to pray as a result of what we see? 
Are our prayers going to be shaped by God's heart, by God's word, by Jesus' burden as the Holy Spirit leads us? I'm going to ask God to send people. Are we willing to be those sent people ourselves? Are we going to realize how important it is to live as people who are sent? To be sent even in August, even this week, even when everyone else is on holiday, even if you are on holiday, to be sent on holiday, (laughs) to be sent by God, to be sent by Jesus. Not to just drift through life, but to know the satisfaction of being sent, the privilege of being sent, and the purpose in being sent. Not Not leaving God out of our lives. And last of all, are we willing to actually go? Willing to say yes into this week, maybe across the room, maybe just getting alongside another person. We're going to sing a song, which I think a couple of songs that... that